0: You are listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. For more information on my book and other resources, check out yellingcurebook.com. Hi, it's Robin McMahon, and welcome to another episode of Parenting Our Future. Oh boy, a lot has been going on in each of our lives, in the world as a whole, and I want to address what is going on with the coronavirus, and I want to offer you some support and some solutions to what you are going through right now and how you may be feeling in the next couple of weeks, months, for however long this new normal is going to be our actual normal. So I'm going to talk to you today about some tips for talking to your kids about coronavirus uh, and also how to really keep your sanity in the midst of this strange time that we're living in. I don't think there's really any way else to talk about it than to say it's kind of a strange time. So let's talk about how you talk to your kids about the coronavirus. Um, You know, first, I want you to be comfortable initiating the conversation. You know, I think it's really important because your kids have been hearing about it and they probably know things about it from school, from friends, from online, you know, depending how old they are, what their access to the outside world is. Uh, So it's really real for them. So what I want you to do is I want you to first ask them what they know and say, hey, like, what do you know about it? What have you heard about it? And the good thing about this is that when you ask them what they know, you'll also be able to get a gauge on how they're feeling. How are they feeling about it? Are they anxious? Are they, um, you know, are are they, are they not worried at all? What, what do they know? Do they think that they're going to get it by eating Chinese food? For example, do they think that they're going to get it just from, you know, talking on the phone, you know, what misconceptions do they have? Then, It's really important to keep it age appropriate. You know, you want to talk about this in terms of um, just a simple virus, like when we get a cold, what do we do when we get a cold? We sneeze into our elbows, right? If they're a little bit older, you can talk about the more details of it. Um, And the reason why you want to keep it age appropriate is we don't want to lead them down a path of knowing things and understanding or having to worry about things that are beyond their control that sound really scary. So if you have a child who is anxious and I have a child, it's so interesting because uh, while I record this, it's uh, it's March 18th and my son about a month ago came to me and said he was worried about getting the coronavirus, which I think is so interesting. And, and of course I blew it off. I didn't blow it off. I, I, I said what I'm gonna say to you to, to say in a moment. Um, but I kind of can't believe that we're here and that he, that was on his radar and I had known about it and was like, yeah, this is no no big deal. It's no, no, nothing. That's going to really affect us here. SARS didn't, you know, bird flu, didn't swine flu, didn't (laughs) mad cow disease, never did. Uh, All of those things that we have faced have never really affected us. So here we are right in the midst of it. So beyond keeping it age appropriate, like i was saying if you do have a child who has some anxiety like i do you know you want to let them know that actually anxiety has a purpose and it alerts us to potential threats and helps us move towards safety and actually feeling anxiety actually makes sense right now you know i always talk about the brain right the different levels of the brain and the lower brain is survival it's fight flight or freeze and this is a very old conditioning when we're dealing with daily life but this part of the brain is being activated now because this is appropriate because this is about survival that part of the brain ensures survival so we're feeling anxiety because there is a real threat out there right it's a real threat and so you can say to your kids yep there's there's no doubt that you may be feeling some anxiety about it and it's an absolutely you know realistic response to have but then I want you to give them some perspective. Okay. And this is what I told my son. I said, well, you know, I understand that there is a lot of unknowns about what's going on. And by the way, if you don't uh, know about me and my kids, my family, uh, the, uh, my oldest child is almost 15. Okay. So it's a little bit older, maybe than your kids are. But I let him know, I said, listen, the smartest people around the world are working right now to figure out how to stop this spread, to find a vaccine. And we can trust that they are working very hard, that the health risk is low, especially for kids and healthy adults. That we do know. Those are facts. And when you're telling them the facts about what's going on, I want you to be in control of your emotions i want you to be very confident and and have an air of confidence when you talk to your kids because if you are feeling anxious yourself and you go to them and say well i'm pretty sure the smartest people around the world are doing this i don't know i mean i think there's labs that are doing this but it's going to probably take like 3 months before we even have a vaccine and they don't even know and it takes time and they're going to have to test it and 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 your child is not gonna feel reassured by that in any way, shape, or form. They're gonna say, uh, okay, if mom doesn't know or dad doesn't know, uh, maybe I have to keep them safe. Your little one may be feeling that. Or maybe feeling like I have to take things into my own hands. And we do not want them to do that. Because when your kids are anxious, like I've talked about in so many different episodes, their behavior will ramp up in ways that we don't like. If they see us as a source of instability, we need to show them that we are stable. We need to show them that we are in control, even if we have our own anxiety, even if we have our own stuff. Because whether we like it or not, anxiousness, stress, worry, it's all contagious to our kids. We will transfer it on. And let's be honest that as parents, we set the tone for our home and moms, we really set the tone for our home, don't we? think you can probably agree to that. I think dads can probably agree to that too. Um, Sorry to offend anybody if I did, but I just think it's really real that we need to, we need to set the tone for our home and we need to do it with confidence and, and with, um, with sort of authority. And so that also means that you want to limit what your kids see. You don't want to have that news channel running all day long with the minute by minute updates. And Maybe it's you just watching the five o'clock news, six o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news at the end of the day when they do a recap of all of the things that happen minute by minute during the day, you know, that might be a better way to manage that information. And then, you know, you can talk to your kids or not talk to your kids, just know, be informed, have reliable news sources as well. Um, And then and then your own anxiety. Check in with yourself before you talk to your kids. What are you feeling? What's going on with you? Do you need some extra help yourself? Is, you know What's going on with you? And then lastly, in terms of talking with your kids about this, is just to keep the conversation open. Whether we like it or not, things are happening minute by minute they are happening day by day. Things are changing every day, almost every moment. I was watching a new show one day uh, last week, and I noticed that they said that seven states were going to be closed. Uh, Schools were going to be closed in seven states. And almost an hour later, that had moved to 12 states, almost doubled within an hour. Huge changes happening moment by moment. So keep that conversation open keep yourself informed but manage what you say to your kids and one of the last things i want to say about this is to really empower your kids to let them know that they are not powerless in this in this world that we're living in right now they're not powerless with the coronavirus because we know the way to control it is to wash our hands to sneeze into our elbows to keep our hands and our fingers out of our mouths no picking noses no biting fingernails you know we've got to remind them that they have control Right, And I think that'll really help to put their minds at ease, right, and that you also want to show them the things that you are doing to keep your family safe, you know, showing them what you're doing to keep surfaces clean, that you're washing your own hands, you know you want to model for them how to be in this in this in in this world right now, in this new normal. all right, so now let's let's switch to another. Another topic, uh, and that's working from home. I want to touch on this really quickly because some of you might be working from home and you have never done it before. Uh, I I know somebody who's really smart in this area. Her name is Ann Gomez, and she um, she's actually she was on last week's podcast all about how to kick overwhelm to the curb. Really great podcast. She is a subject matter expert in the subject of keeping yourself organized and, uh, and, and being efficient. And she actually, uh, her, her company, which is called, uh, clear concept Inc. They, uh, they teach all of the leaders in the business world. Um, they, they teach executives, lawyers, all how to be as efficient as possible in the work that they do. So she absolutely knows what she's talking about. And, and so we talked about these, um, these six tips for working from home. So I took this from a blog post from her and also included some of my information because I have worked from home for a very long time for almost 11 years. And that includes when I had a corporate job. So I do know a little bit about this too and how to really set yourself up for success. So what I want to say about this, and I'll take a couple minutes just to really run through this quickly is that first you want to establish a routine, a work routine. So have clear times where you're going to be working and not working. And when you're in the office, you're in the office and office, I'm using air quotes. And when you're not in the office, you're not working. Right. And how do you get, how do you have to get creative with your schedule? Is your spouse home too? Can you trade times off where you're working and your spouse is working so that somebody's always with the kids if they need you? Can you work early in the morning and then work when they're in bed? I know that that could be a recipe for overwhelm. I absolutely know that but this is a time to look at our schedules in a creative way. Look at what we have to get done in a creative way. And then that leads me to the next one, which is how to set clear objectives for yourself. Make sure that in home, in life, and in work, you are focusing on your top objectives. And I'm only saying to to focus on your top three objectives. Do not let yourself fall uh, into getting caught into the little things that don't matter, the little things that might be easy to solve but are a time suck. Focus on the big things first because those are the things that matter. Your priorities might have completely changed depending what your job is too. You might be only working on things with the coronavirus, you know. But one of the things that I need that I needed to do when I was working from home is to really keep my boss in the loop on everything I was doing. And, and I, I think you need to do that too. Tell your boss what you can and can't get done, what is realistic for you to do, what you need help with, what you need support with, or what you can over deliver on even. You know, what communicate with them. They are going to have to understand that you're home with your spouse, probably with your kids, most definitely. Because schools are closed. And so therefore you need to ask, maybe you need to ask your boss for some more uh, longer timelines or more grace in getting you uh, to a place where, you know, you can uh, realistically get your work done. Uh, and then, of course, use technology to your advantage. I record everything I do on Zoom. So you so I get an audio recording and a video recording. The video always goes to YouTube, by the way, and the audio is what I use for my podcasts on the podcast channels. And so um, Zoom is a great place to, to record, to meet with people. I meet my clients on Zoom, but you can also use GoToMeeting. You can use FaceTime. You can use Skype. All of these are at your disposal, and all you have to really worry about is being dressed from the waist up. Nobody needs to know if you're wearing jammies down below, but that is the perk of working from home is you don't have to look nice. You don't have to get dressed, put your makeup on or put any pants on. (laughs) You don't have to do any of that when you're working from home, which is kind of fun. Um, So just use that as your advantage. And I'm actually going to be talking to friends over Zoom too, because I want to stay connected. We need to stay connected. So I'll be doing that too. Then I want you to establish a work zone, a real zone that you can work in yourself, that has your own pens, papers, staplers, tape, calculator, whatever, and is not a place where your kids can just arbitrarily grab stuff. It is not one minute a craft zone, the next minute your work zone. Try to find yourself a place that is a dedicated work zone. Uh, My husband and I spent the last day reformatting where my office is and where our front room is. We have kind of identical spaces across the hall uh, in the front of our house and we've done a flip. So my office is now where our front room used to be and now my old office is an office for my husband and our front room. So I know that might not make sense if you're thinking about it in your head. But uh, anyway, we had to do something because he's now gonna be home for the foreseeable future. So, you know, have that work zone that that is really sort of secret to your work, all right? And then lastly, I would just say life happens. You know, let people who you're talking to know that, look, my kids are at home with me. We might be sick. We might, you know, we might... Uh, whatever the dog might bark when I, um, when I'm on the phone and I just need you to know that I am the same professional. I always was. I just am a little bit more human because everybody's home right now. And so, you know, my, my kids, you might see them walking around in the background, but it doesn't mean that I am not capable of doing my job. And doing the work that I do at the level that I can do it at. I just might need more time and a little bit more flexibility and a little bit of grace and that's okay. It's okay to ask for that. This is an unusual time and it is unprecedented. So I just give you permission to be open and honest and real with all of this stuff. Next, I want to talk to you about your mindset. You are currently listening to the Parenting Our Future podcast. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon and if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this. Please don't forget to subscribe, and I would be grateful if you gave me a 5-star rating on iTunes. And if you're a parent who's struggling and you feel like you might need some support to be the confident leader of your family where you can calmly respond to any kind of behavior, disrespect, or your kids not listening to you, well I have a membership group that you might be interested in. All you have to do is go to kamomsclub.com for more information. That's kamomsclub.com for more information. Now, back to the show. The thing with mindset is that our happiness depends on our mindset. 50% of who we are and our happiness really depends on our genetics. 10% is determined by our health, whether we're in good health or not, whether we have money or not, or in a relationship or not, uh, whether we're educated or not. But 40% of that equation for happiness is, is about our mindset. So it's really important that we are looking at what is also good in our lives and we tilt our mindset towards the positive and not just towards the negative. And that means that my invitation to you is going is, is really about you taking time to also notice the good to know that although things are tough right now, although the world is looking like a scary place, there are also good things that are going on that are also true. This is not you just thinking positive and wearing rose colored glasses, if you will, and just negating the negative. This is you saying, you know what, the world is a scary place. I'm feeling insecure and I'm not sure what to do with myself right now. And I don't know how this is going to last, how long this is going to last. And I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable, but I also am so thankful that my children and I and my spouse are happy and healthy, that it tastes really good to have that cup of coffee every morning, that I am so thankful for the home that I have that is safe and secure. I am so grateful for the friends that have reached out to me to see how I'm doing. I am also so happy for the chair I'm sitting in, for the the fact that there is sunshine today and I can sit on my front porch today. You know, it's all of the little things that are also true. And these are life's gems. These are things that you can take in to just even out your mindset and tilt you more towards happiness than to spiraling down into depression, anxiety, worry, right? I don't want that for you. And you don't want that for yourself. You really don't. So, it, this is the work. This is the work that we do. And that is to help us with our mindset and sometimes people think that it's the wearying experiences the hard experiences that make a life but the positive experiences are what fill us up and the negative ones wear us down so think about that the positive ones fill us up so let's focus on those and then what i want you to do each and every day maybe even more than once a day if you need to is set an intention Your intentions are powerful because when you set your intentions, your thoughts will follow and your actions will follow. So think about this. Think about yourself getting up in the morning, noticing all that you have to do today, and what intention can you set? Is your intention going to be that when I walk away from my my work, I truly will walk away and be there for my kids? Is it that today I will check in with my energy before I go to my child? I'll make sure I'm not agitated or anxious or angry or frustrated. Maybe my intention today is that I will pause before I react or I won't take anything personally. I will look to find the fun and joy in my day. And then there's another type of intention called implementation intentions. And those say that when X happens, I will do Y. So when my kids are driving me crazy and climbing the walls, I will do why. So if my kids are climbing the walls, I will say, okay guys, let's have a dance party. Or when my kids are climbing the walls, I will put on soft music, or I will put on some aromatherapy, or I'll join in and we'll all have a pillow fight you know, don't forget to go to fun. Not everything has to be about rules and boundaries and, and, and saying no, it can be like, let's have fun. Let's giggle. Let's do something so silly that we never get to do. So I really want you to think about that. I really want you to do that. And last but definitely not least is you taking care of you. If you forget about yourself during this time, It will absolutely lead to more anger. So I want you to practice some self-compassion. Self-compassion is not about having high self-esteem. Self-compassion is when you are not judging yourself. Instead, what you're doing is it creates a sense of self-worth in you because it leads you to genuinely care about your own well-being and recovery after a setback. You know, maybe you yelled at your kids and you didn't mean to. Maybe you freaked out and you really yelled and you got really angry and you're still vibrating from it. And you want to check in with yourself and say, you know what, look, I am only human. This is really hard. It's really, really hard. This is a really unusual thing. I don't need to judge myself. I don't need to spiral down into the shame spiral. I can just say that, you know what? I'm not alone here. And I know lots of parents are going through this because failure and missteps in life are a shared human experience. That's what self compassion teaches us. That's what people with a lot of self compassion will tell themselves right? And that we also take a balanced approach to our negative emotions when we stumble or we fall short. We don't let ourselves say we're idiots or we're incapable or, you know, we should have known better. We say, yeah, you know what? I didn't react the way I wanted to, but I'm going to use this as a learning experience. I'm going to move past this. I'm going to feel sorry for myself for a day, and then I'm going to get over it, and I'm going to vow to do better next time and notice what got me to this place instead of letting myself spiral down into repeating the same cycle over and over again because it doesn't feel good. So with that, to practice self-compassion, I want to ask you these questions and I want you to ask them for yourself. Am I being kind and understanding to myself? Are you? Are you being kind? Are you being understanding to yourself? Do you acknowledge the shortcomings and failures in your life as experience shared by everyone? Do you keep your negative feelings into perspective? So what are your answers here? You know, one of the things that you can do is you can write a letter to yourself as though you're your own best friend and tell yourself all of the beautiful things about yourself. What are you doing for yourself? How are you caring for yourself? How great of a person you are? How much of a gift to this world you are? Those are the things that you might really need to hear right now. And then throughout this entire time, In order to manage your anger, I want you to look at you getting your own needs met. And this, I know can be hard to do because where do you find the time? But everybody has 10 minutes. Everybody has 10 minutes. Can you go and sit in a chair and have a cup of tea and just relax for 10 minutes? Can you go and watch cat videos for 10 minutes? Can you go and find something that makes you laugh like crazy for 10 minutes? What do you need that fills you up? You have personal needs, which are all about exercise and self care and spiritual, intellectual growth and physical health. Those are personal needs and there's community needs, needs to be connected with other people. You know, that's date nights, that's like girls night out. That's all, you know, being connected with your tribe and your community. Well, that might not be possible now. Can you and your husband have a date night at the kitchen table? You know, how can we be creative? I told you I was going to do some um, Zoom calls with my friends because I think that's a great way to stay connected and talk and see them. And by the way, when you're doing a a face to face FaceTime call or Zoom call, our brains don't know the difference. So it feels like we're in the same room. So you get the same kind of feeling. Uh, And then we also have a need for appreciation. You know, just appreciate being appreciated is, is, a, is a real human need. And if you aren't feeling appreciated and, and that's something that you feel a lack of, you really need to go and ask for that and get that need met and say, hey, you know, look, instead of you don't appreciate me, you don't see what I do, you know, instead of approaching it that way with whoever it is that you need to approach, your spouse, your boss, whoever, you want to say, look, I do really need to be acknowledged for what I am doing. I'm really happy to do what I'm doing, it would be nice to be thanked. It would be nice to be recognized and acknowledged. So that's, that's something that I think is totally fair to ask because you don't want unacknowledged feelings and unmet needs to swirl around because they will explode all over your family in anger. And then there is support. What do you need for support right now? How can you get support right now? You know, I think that leads to being with the community too, and just having a place to vent, having a place to, um, to, to, to just say, look, I'm I'm struggling right now and, and be met with no judgment. Um, You know, I do have a private Facebook group that's free and you are welcome to join that group. It is um, facebook.com slash groups slash parenting for connection. And it's not the number four, it's the word for. So Parenting for Connection, which is my business name. So um, go there. I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes. Go there if you want a community of beautiful parents who won't judge you or criticize you, who are there to offer help and support. And, uh, and yeah, I really, I really invite you to be there. And then last is grace. You know, let's go easy on ourselves. Let's go easy on other people. Let's, let's just be kind kinder than ever in this time. So I'll leave you with that. I just really want you to know that I wish you so much health and happiness. I want you to be well. I want you to do whatever it is that you need to do. And I really want to leave you with the thought and the prayer even to really accept the things you cannot change. This is a time where we really need to accept what is. We cannot change this. We are all doing our part. And a lot of anxiety is all about us not accepting what actually is. So let's accept it. Let's deal with it. And let's move forward. Thank you all for listening. Again, I wish you all to be well and to stay healthy. Thank you for listening.